The contents of this podcast are provided for general information and educational purposes only and do not constitute investment, accounting, legal, tax or other professional advice. Welcome to the Money Magnet Podcast, helping you attract and keep a fortune that counts with co-hosts self-made money magnet Steve McKnight and esteemed journalist Rowan Wen. Hello listeners, I'm Rowan Wen and I'm here with my money mate and money magnet, as he calls himself, Steve McKnight. <laughs> but what do you call me? Lady magnet? No, probably not. <laughs> Hello, Rowan. Hello, everyone. Excellent. I don't think I want to be a lady magnet. I think my wife, she's got green eyes, probably and that would thing. probably make her quite jealous. Shout out to Jules. Hi, Jules. We are too old for this stuff. Listen, you begin this chapter. What? This you, chapter you're telling four. me adultery is a younger man's game, is it? Is that what you're saying? I don't know, mate. I've no experience of that. <laughs> I have no experience either. Okay, so you begin this chapter, chapter four, with the Stevism. If you do what everyone else does, then you get what everyone else has. So what has everyone else got? If you look at the statistics, 76.5% of retired men and 78.7% of retired women receive the age pension. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Which basically means that only two out of 10 retirees are financially self-sufficient. And when you look at that, that means eight out of 10 people are not financially self-sufficient. That's 80%. And when you look at the pension being roughly a quarter of what a full-time person earns... And it's generally, therefore, accepted to be below the poverty line, which raises the question, are you, as I write in the book, living until you have no more time of any value to swap for money and then retiring, relying on welfare and in poverty? Is that your plan? Let's go through that again. Are you living until you have no more time or any value to swap for money and then retiring, reliant on welfare and in poverty? There's your plan. It's a shocking plan. It sounds like a shocking plan, isn't it? I mean, it? I shouldn't judge it. Some people choose it, I guess. But if you don't choose it, it's not where a lot of people would want to end up. Well, it's the default plan. Because yeah, totally. how do I know it's the default plan? Because seven out of 10 men and women are ending there in retirement. Now, we're not bashing pensioners here, are we? I mean, let's be very clear about that. We're not judging people, but it doesn't sound like what people would generally choose if they stopped and thought about it. Exactly right. That's the point. If you want that, then do what everyone else has done. But if you don't want that, then you have to do something different to what the masses do. So in your mind, what are people doing wrong and not thinking about so they end up in this place? Right. So I don't think anyone deliberately wants to end up on the pension row. I think it's an outcome that people arrive at. So how do they arrive at the outcome? Well, it starts at a very early age because they don't know any other way. The programming that they've received from their parents is school, job, marriage, mortgage, kids, retire. Yeah. Sounds like Australian life. Great Australian dream, right? We keep talking about the great Australian dream being to own a home, but the great Australian dream is more along the lines of School, job, like I said, mortgage, marriage, kids, and then to live a good and happy life. But how's that working out with people getting a mortgage, being hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, marriages busting up, et cetera, et cetera? Is this the great Australian dream or the great Australian nightmare? And I guess if you follow that particular formula, you kind of end up with a lot of assets, not a lot of money, and very few choices. Yeah, but you time. think about it. You spend so much of your life paying off your home. You end up with a paid-off home. But how much income does that bring in? Well, zero. Because you're living in the home, right? Until you die and give to the kids. Well, it's probably the kids or the grandkids or whatever their wealth creation plan might be. But this system that so many people are following fails because, as you've just indicated, you end up asset-rich and income poor. Okay, but if 80% of people end up on the pension, right, that means that a lot of Australians must be thinking the pension has to be part of their plan. 
That's not a good thing, right? Well, when you read best-selling books that advocate the pension as your fallback position, then, yeah, it's not surprising that people fall into needing the pension to survive. But the pension was never designed to be a payback of taxes paid. It was a SOS payment for the poorest people in society. And yet I've heard people say this over the years, say, I've worked all hard my life, I deserve a pension. It's like, why do you want one, mate? If you've worked really hard, you shouldn't need one. Yeah, well, it's this somehow or other- Without bashing pensioners, just quickly, but yeah. Yeah, but somehow or other, we feel that we're entitled to a return on taxes paid. On mm. what basis? You consumed the roads. You consumed the, the hospitals. hospitals and the and- it wasn't an annuity you paid into that you get something back from. Mm. And somehow- So it wasn't an investment is really what you're saying. Correct. Politically across the years, in order to firm up voter bases, the pension became broader applied. And today we've got this situation where the government tried to arrest it through compulsory superannuation, but it hasn't quite done the job. And people still need the pension and the pension acts as a drag on the economy because then you need taxpayers to fund the pension and it's not a particularly, this sounds like a shocking thing to say, but you're getting younger and younger people supporting older and older people as they live longer. And more and more boomers. It's always the boomers, mate. God love them. Now, let's get specific, okay? Because in the book you write, I doubt anyone deliberately sets out, I'm quoting here, Mm. I doubt anyone deliberately sets out wanting to live below the poverty line by relying on the age pension for survival in retirement. It just kind of happens. How does it happen specifically? In the book, I name it and shame it, the miscalculation of time, which are these concept of long days and short years. We're both in our 50s, right? Only just in my case by a couple of weeks, but keep going. Officially, I'm 39. I have been for about 10 years, every (laughs) birthday. We've got the benefit of hindsight of looking back on our 20s, 30s and 40s now, right? Yep. And I don't know how you feel in your 20s, but it just wasn't a priority. Uh, Yeah, okay. Locking away your financial future. Oh, no. How much time did you spend on what does retirement look like in your 20s? I had a plan. I still do. Not your plan, by the way. It's a different kind of plan. Crickets. I'm just like, the amount of time I spent on my 20s is like, oh, retirement's like so many decades really? away. I'm no, not even thinking about it. Yeah, okay. Well, my parents came from the upper working class thing, so I had to do better than that. That was the deal, in my mind, anyway. I was struggling to understand where my beer money was going to come from next week, let alone yeah, right. the concept of retiring. <laughs> Very deep thinking there, Steve. <laughs> well, <laughs> From Dungeons and Dragons instead of beer in your 20s. Dungeons okay. and Dragons were the teenage years. Anyway, the 30s came and went, and by the time you're 30s, you're probably thinking about settling down and yep. marriage and mortgage, and then away you get into your 40s, and then 40s is usually kids. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you wake up in your 50s and you're like, well, this thing called retirement, which used to seem so far away, is all of a sudden on top of you racing towards me at a great speed. So you miscalculated the time. Miscalculation of time. And what happens is as you get older, it becomes harder and harder to take risks because you don't have as much time left to recover if something goes wrong. And your own propensity to want to take risks changes as you get older. You're more willing to take a risk when you're younger. So if you lose those young years when you're willing to take a risk financially to get ahead, and you say, well, I'll just do that when I get older, you tend to dial down the risk and therefore dial down the return. And that's why it's important to take those risks in the early days, in the young days, because if things go wrong, you've still got time. Exactly. But you don't have time when things are a lot older. Well, the danger that happens when you get into your 40s and then into your 50s is that you get retrenched, made Mm -hmm. redundant, and you can't get back into the workforce. Yeah, you see that happen. If you're retrenched or redundant in your 20s, it doesn't yeah. really matter. You've got time to retrain. Get your whole life ahead of you. Exactly. But if it happens when you're 45, then there's a lot of younger people willing to work harder for less money than you, and you might struggle to get back in. Okay. So we're going to split chapter four up into two parts. Mm. 
So why don't we leave it there for now? But before we do, let's do those takeaways. Yeah. So if you do what everyone else does, then you're going to get what everyone else has. And statistically, we've looked at that and that's not enough income or assets to live independently when you stop full-time work. So what I would say to people is, what are you going to do differently? Ask yourself these questions, yeah. Mm -hmm. When are you going to do differently and how are you going to do differently? So what, when and how? Are you going to do differently? And if the answer is, well, I'm not going to do anything different, I'm just going to follow the same programming and the same patterns as everyone else, well, then expect reasonably that you're going to end up needing the pension in retirement. And then ask yourself, what does your life look like like that? Is that something that you want? And if the answer is no, and we'll cover this next time, if the answer is no, well, then you better get busy while you've got time on your side. So the whole subject around poor planning is planning to be poor. What's your retirement? When are you going to retire? What lifestyle are you aiming for and how much income will you need versus what you think you're going to have? And we can answer those questions in the next episode. Until then, mate, I'll see you soon. Bye, Ro. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Money Magnet podcast. If you have questions or would like to provide feedback, then please send an email to podcast at moneymagnet.au. 